This week, we've got something interesting and special. Daniel Leone's podcast, Meander. We're going inside a man's mind as it fragments, deceives itself, and maybe begins to reassemble itself, too. This is Radio Drama Revival. Hey folks, welcome to Radio Drama Revival, the podcast that showcases the diversity and vitality of modern audio fiction. I'm your host, David Reinstrom. Podcast Meander is one of those pieces that kind of skirts this uncomfortable line between autobiography and fiction, and indeed Daniel has anticipated your concern. Each episode is labeled by how fictional it is. What you're going to hear today is episode four of the first season, and it's 75% fictional. This much, I think, is true. Last year, Dan quit his job, left behind everyone he knew, packed all of his belongings and his musical equipment into his 2002 Subaru Forester, and left the state of Connecticut. He headed west, with no real designs on anything. He called this setting his life on fire. The show is interleaved with actual interviews that Dan does with people. In this case, we'll hear from Dr. Lasana Harris, a British professor of psychology. The interview took place shortly after the 2016 presidential election. And in fact, the election of Donald Trump hangs over much of this story, as it has seemed to hang over everything lately. Dan is trying to interrogate himself, his masculinity, his country, his method of interacting with the world and the people in it. And as he's doing that, he's falling apart. As you listen, you'll ask yourself, as I did, how much of this is real? Is it even okay that I'm listening to it? Is Dan okay? And in fact, the podcast itself will warn you not to listen. This podcast is audacious, startling, and intimate. I haven't heard anything quite like this in some time. This episode contains profanity, adult themes, politics, and a man in crisis. Consider yourself forewarned. This is Podcast Meander, Episode 4, American Sirens. November 21st, 2016, Track 1. Uh, so right off the bat, I just want to uh, apologize for the U.S. election cycle. Um, but, um, I, I actually like it. You do? Yeah, because it clearly states that there's a large percentage of the population that is misogynistic and racist and bigoted. And you want it just right out in the open? Yeah, I think it's going to finally bring it out in the open, right? I think America has to deal with that. It's not everyone, but it's, a, it's you know, nearly 50% looking at the election. I think you're right, and ultimately I think it'll turn out good, but at the moment it's, it's a tough thing to see. So if you wouldn't mind to just uh, introduce yourself. Sure, my name is uh, Dr. Lasana Harris. I'm a psychologist at the University College London, and I study, among other things, uh, social cognition and dehumanization. I'd like it if you could actually to explain what social cognition is and why you use that term instead of empathy uh, or another term. So when you encounter another human being, it's a little different than when you encounter an object. When you encounter an object, you see, for instance, the contours of the objects, its color, its outline, its shape, and you match those patterns to other patterns that are already stored in your brain, and you can tell what the object is. You do exactly the same thing when you see other people. What's unique about seeing other people is that you also make an inference, and you make an inference about what's on the person's mind. 
that second component, that's social cognition. And so I like the term social cognition because empathy is much more complicated than just social cognition. So for me to feel empathic, I have to get inside of your head and then I have to feel what you're feeling because getting inside of your head doesn't necessarily mean I feel what you're feeling. So what I'm describing by social cognition is a very, very basic process. Social cognition straight up is getting inside of somebody's head. I want to start by saying I don't like this podcast. It's, oh, I'm Gabriella, or you can call me Gabriella. I'm, how can I say this in a way that you'll understand? I'm Dan's, shall we say, guardian angel. And I don't like this damn podcast because, well, first of all, it's full of lies. Like this, from episode one. It's April 30th, 2016. It's my 29th birthday. Dan is 30 years old, not 29 years old. Or how about this lie from episode two? So, I decided to do something that was hard for me, which was delete the entire episode. <laughs> Mais qui croirait une telle chose? Dan did not delete an entire episode and start over. Dramatic license, my ass. It's lies. I don't like the lies. And there are other lies, but I'm not here to do spoilers. The main reason I hate this podcast is because I am... God, help me. I am partly responsible for the trajectory of Dan's life. And Dan was not supposed to leave Connecticut. Was supposed to stay and I was supposed to help him deal with his ridiculous childhood. Look, am I good at my job? No. Most angels talk with their people at least once or twice a month. I have never spoken with Dan, not once. I can't reach him. So, here's the deal. I hate this podcast because it is detrimental to Dan's well-being and because it's fucking up my career. So I have a plea. I want you to stop listening to it. Because if you stop listening to it, maybe he'll stop making it. Then maybe I'll have a chance to reach him. 
understand. This podcast is a slow motion suicide. You are listening to a sick man turn his life into an experiment in which he is his own lab rat. It will not end well. But maybe you don't believe that Den is really so sick. Maybe you think I'm just another game. Well, I'm going to show you how sick he is. I'm going to show you what he won't. Gang the Setic. Right now, Dan is sleeping on a train. A train headed east. And in 20 seconds, he's going to wake up. And when he wakes up, he will have no idea where he is. He will have no memory of getting on the train. He will have no memory of falling asleep. And he will have no memory of where he's heading. So, Giles at Star, welcome to Podcast Meander. like they're invading the landscape. Ladies and gentlemen, it's to be a last call for 645. Last call for 645. If you're holding a 645, please make your way to the dining car at this time, please. Last call. Last call. Wait, where the hell am I? on a train, no memory of how you got here, staring at over-the-top, beautiful, picturesque scenery. Nothing's that pretty. This is clearly a dream. You're dreaming. Do the dream test. Grab that dining car menu. Okay, just read the first item. Breakfast sandwich, $8.50, 535 calories. Now look away. I guarantee you when you look back at that item, it's going to be completely different. The words are going to be all scrambled because this is clearly a dream. So, look back. Look back. Breakfast sandwich, $8.50, 535 calories. I'm not dreaming. I'm awake. bathroom all right i don't know if i'm gonna use this audio for anything but i don't 
um, I don't know what else to do, but I've lost time. I've lost time before, um, but it hasn't been this bad since I was a teenager, and it hasn't happened at all since I talked about this on a podcast. It hasn't happened at all since I quit drinking two years ago. Um, I, I, I don't I don't feel hungover. I don't think I drank. I used to have kind of a routine of what to do when this happened, and it always started by checking what I have on me. So let's do that. I don't even have any bags. I have my car keys. I don't remember where my car is. Okay, that's not good. Um, I have a bottle of water, which is good. I don't have my phone. Oh, please have my... I don't have my wallet. I don't have my phone or my wallet. Jesus Christ, was I mugged? Oh, probably not, because I have... One eight four sixty eight one twenty forty sixty two hundred dollars in my digital recorder. Where the fuck is this train going? Do I have a ticket? A ticket, please tell me I have a ticket. I have a ticket. Okay. Let's see. <laughs> oh, you gotta be fucking kidding me. So I departed from Milwaukee, and my ultimate destination is New Haven, Connecticut. Why in the fuck would I buy a train ticket to go back to Connecticut with only $200, a bottle of water, no bags, no phone, and no wallet? What exactly is my grand fucking plan here? Alright, my best bet is the digital recorder. I'm just going to listen to all the audio that I have, uh, all the audio that I've captured, and uh, I'm going to see if that uh, gives me any clues as to what in the hell is going on. Yeah, it's my only shot. Okay, let's do that. election night I just spent 12 hours calling voters but polls are closed now I'm pulling up on the Riverside Ballroom in Green Bay for some DNC shindig my prediction for the night is that it's going to be closer than people are expecting but I do think that we're going to win ultimately so track 2 no, I need to go lie down. Yeah, go so, go go lie down. Yeah, it was good working with you, Dan. Yeah, it was great working with you, man. Uh, good yeah. luck with your podcast. Thank you, sir. Good luck with whatever your life's ambitions are, man. Make them happen. Sorry that we had this bad ending, but it was it was fun anyway. We were on the right side of the history. We were. <laughs> Time to think about the future. Yeah. What future? <laughs> November 9th, 2016. Track one. What do you mean you voted for Trump because you think he's a hand grenade? So you ro- what? You'll roll the dice. Hold up. No, 
you're not risking shit. You make 120k a year. Okay, but inherent in the idea that you're gambling something, man, is that there's risk involved for you. And there's no risk involved for you. If shit goes south, you don't suffer. So you're not gambling with your currency. You're not. You know me, I don't do trigger warnings in the fucking podcast. I'm not one of these social justice warrior assholes. I don't think I've ever used the term white privilege in my life. But it's a privileged position. Because you're not going to be the one who takes a hit because you know damn well that Donald Trump is going to protect your interests. There's no risk to you. But there's a huge risk to Muslims, to immigrants, to women. So don't say you took a risk. You forced someone else into a risky position is what you did. There's nothing righteous about you at all. November 13th, 2016, track one. I feel like the anxiety of the country is bleeding into me. I don't know the... Nightmares are getting way worse. Um, I'm having them almost every single night at this point. But what's weird about them is I keep seeing this house, this suburban house. And the second that I see the house and the... Did you hear that? I call a man. Track two. So you are taking Trump's election pretty hard? What do you mean? I just mean, I mean, you're calling, like, more often since he was elected. Am I? I mean, I've only called, what, uh, three or four times since the election? Is that too frequently? Am I overstepping my bounds? or? Danny, you've called me, like, ten times since the election. I've, call- I've called you ten times? At least. You don't remember calling me? Ten? Yeah, no, I remember. It's just kind of foggy. But Okay, you- yeah, I, I think... think- Listen, say, say it, whatever okay. you want to say, say it. You, I don't take this the wrong way, but you are getting worse and you should make an appointment to see someone. Yeah, I am getting worse. Uh, yeah. But, you know, part of the whole quitting the job thing is I don't have health insurance at the moment. I, I forewent health insurance, so I can't, oh, well. I can't really make an appointment. So, Join the club. Join the club. You have banging insurance through your job, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I would, but I don't have a job. I lost my job. You lost? What do you mean you lost your job? It happened before. Don't tell me you already told me this and I forgot. No. Don't tell me that. No, you didn't forget. I didn't tell you, but it was before the election. Jesus Christ. I thought, what, do do you have a plan? Is there anything I could do or? Uh, Well, I don't really have a plan, but there is something you can do for me. See, you're getting worse to the point where it's scary, and I feel I'm like... Sorry, it's sca- it's scary? Yes, it's scary. You've called... You don't even remember you've called ten times, and I... You... I feel like nothing I say helps. I can't reach you. I have to focus on, like, getting a job. You, you I need ju- a job. I need insurance. You can't, you can't talk to me anymore. You can't talk to me anymore. Right. No, I can't. I get, I get it. <sighs> you know what? No. Get, actually, what? no. No, wait. This this can't be your narrative. Like, I'm. you can't tell the story to yourself. Like, I'm the one who cut off contact because, oh, I lost my job. 
you left. You left eight months ago. You just said, I need to set my life on fire. I need to start over. Um, and just as an FYI, that's a pretty cruel thing to say to someone who's a major part of your life. Amanda, that's that's just the podcast. You know, if I didn't mean set you... Well, you, well, you did leave. You're not here. You should you so. should hang you should hang up. You should hang up. Listen though, the point is you ended this 8 months ago and not me right now. So I just want to make that clear cuz I figure I mean you're recording this right now, right? Yeah, I record everything at this point. So you're recording this. So in your recording, you have to be the one who hangs up. <laughs> Amanda, you have to I... hang up. Just hang up. And it's and it's done. It's done. Don't just hang up and figure out what's wrong with you. All right. Goodbye, man. First, 2016, track one. So if, if it were at levels, you would say that social cognition is just the most basic level. You're just literally getting inside of their head to say this person has thoughts and feelings. The process of dehumanization, then maybe you should just jump onto that. But it's basically sure. that that social cognition doesn't occur. Exactly. And if, and if social cognition doesn't occur, then you're short circuiting empathy. So you're never going to feel empathy. We did a very simple study um, where we simply showed people in the fMRI machine pictures of different kinds of people, so sort of stereotypic representations of college students and business people and what have you. And we noticed in that study that this social cognition network wasn't as engaged for homeless people and for drug addicts. And so for us, dehumanization is a shutting down of that most basic process. November 28th, 2016, track one. All right, I'm about to leave for my first uh, interview, or not really sure what to call it. Um, don't know if they're going to let me record once I get inside. I doubt it. So I think I'm just going to have to record afterwards. And yeah, I'll just record immediately afterwards and talk about what happened. Track two. That was a fucking disaster. That was a fucking disaster. Oh, fuck. November 29th, 2016. Track 1. I dreamt about the house again. I think I, I think I know where the house is. I'm shaking too much, I can't drive. I'm gonna take a train. I think it's in Greenwich.
Okay, I just finished listening to all the audio that I had, and it it raised a lot more questions than it answered. I went down, man. Fuck, man. It's Gabriella. Sorry to do this, but Dan lied to you again. Earlier, he said he quit drinking two years ago. He didn't. He quit drinking the night before he left, eight months ago. Look, I assume at this moment you're thinking, this Gabriella chick totally fucked with Dan's head and sent him back to Connecticut. Not the case. He did it of his own volition. Even if I wanted to fuck with Dan, and I do, I am not allowed. I'm not allowed to tell my person where to go or what to do. All I can do is suggest, seduce, hint, be inquisitive. Asking questions is a huge thing. One of our best practices is that we're supposed to ask two questions for every one statement that we make. Completely fucking ridiculous. Do you have any idea how hard it is to have a genuine interaction with someone while you're keeping track of how many questions you're asking? Another thing, don't be too upset about Amanda. She's not what you think. Her relationship with Dan is complicated, to say the least. Trust me, if you're capable of trust. Amanda leaving is a good sign. It really is. And Dan returning to Connecticut is the best possible decision that he could be made. Wait, what the hell is he doing? I don't know if there are any rules against getting off a train when it's not your stop, but I'm not going back to Connecticut. I'll get a train back to Milwaukee, hope that my car is in the parking lot, and then proceed from there. Ugh, son of a bitch. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. November twenty first, twenty sixteen, track one.
I guess the easy way to ask this question would be what are some of the positive benefits of dehumanization? But I'd like to take I'd like to take it at a different angle. Let's say uh, let's say that I was a human being that never dehumanized. Let's say I felt social cognition or that phenomenon for literally everyone that I came across in my life. Would I even be able to function at, at that level? You know, so your intuition is exactly right. You wouldn't be able to function. So take the case of homeless people. So let's say you live in a big city. You are going to encounter lots of homeless people every day. And so if you felt empathic for every homeless person you saw, you wouldn't make it to work, right? You would be sort of stalled on the way. Dehumanization is necessary in cases like that. When you want to avoid negative experiences, so you don't want to feel bad because of the experience of someone else, dehumanization is wonderful. So social cognition needs to be regulated from time to time. And the reason is because if you look in the brain at the processes that support it, it's a lot of the brain. If you're taking up that much brain processing to do something, you're sort of doing it at the cost of other things. And so depending on the situation, it makes sense to dehumanize people. Hey, so I'm in North Philadelphia, born and raised on the playground, where I'm at a train station. I just bought my ticket back to Milwaukee. It was $110, so I'm down to 90 bucks. I've been listening to my interview with Lozana Harris, kind of hoping it'll provide me with some clue as to what I was working on. Also, it keeps my mind off of Amanda. The dehumanization thing is really interesting, but it kind of bums me out because basically what he's saying is that consistent or constant empathy is a burden. And I've always kind of thought in the back of my head that we should be feeling empathy for every person, every homeless person that you see. But apparently achieving that total empathy puts you at a a life disadvantage. Um, Not having empathy for everyone is essential for your survival and for your sanity. So uh, don't feel empathy, I guess is what I'm saying. But then I wonder about the flip side of the equation, you know, the person being dehumanized. May I have your attention, please? This is the final boarding announcement for trains 8 and 28. We'll issue boarding passes at this time. Once again, final boarding call. I'm starving, so I hope the train has food. Is, is breakfast on reservation? Or? No, no, okay, so it's just dinner. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Thank you, my friend. I was hoping to get on this waiting list that people are talking about. I would come back in about 15 minutes. 15 minutes? Right now, serving. Quieter. Okay, so the chicken cacciatore that I just ate was $17.50, which, fun fact, is the cheapest item on the menu. That leaves me with around $70, which is not not a comfortable position to be in, but I'll be in Milwaukee soon, and I'm just going to hope that my car is right there in the parking lot. All right, I'm going to crash for now. Gabriella again. There's very, 
very, very little I enjoy about my job. But this, this is a privilege. You're going to have to probably fire some people. If you humanize them and thought about the distress you're causing, you're not going to be able to do it. Listening to a dreaming mind, shuffling through memories, deciding what to keep, what to throw away. Listening to the unconscious pool try to make sense of the day. At times it's very cool. All right, I'm about to leave for my first uh, interview. If you're a medical doctor and your job is to, let's say, perform some type of surgical procedure, if in the surgical theater you're worried about what the person's thinking, how they're feeling, it's going to get in the way of you performing the surgery. It's much better if you think of the place like a broken object that needs to be repaired and you go about repairing them. Not really sure what to call it. Um... Hang up and figure out what's wrong with you. All right, I'm about to leave for my first uh, interview. Um, um, Broken object that needs to be repaired. Hang up. And you go about repairing them. Hang up. Can't drive. And figure out what's wrong with you. All right, I'm about to leave for my first uh, interview. Take a train. Figure out, figure out, figure out what's wrong with you. I'm shaking too much, I can't drive. What's wrong with you? Dan's closer to the answer than he thinks. Hello? Hello? Can you hear me? I can't hear you. Hello? Dan, listen All right, I made it to the Milwaukee Intermodal train station. Coming up on the parking lot, probably about to be reunited with my beautiful Subaru, which I'll be so happy to see that I will probably immediately have sex with it. And... It's not here. Car's not here. You gotta be fucking kidding me. Wait, hold up. There's another area over here. Nope. Nope, my car's not here. Shit. I don't know what to do. I have no I don't I have no idea where my car is. I can't remember. How can I not remember? That's fucking terrifying. I have no memory of this. Think. Think, think, think. Okay. In the last clip of audio I say I can't drive. I'm going to take a train. I assume that meant I can't drive back to Connecticut, but maybe it meant I can't drive to the train station, which would mean that I was probably at a hotel in the area, 
and then I walked here, and there's tons of hotels within walking distance. So yeah, I bet my car's at a hotel near the station. Okay, I'm gonna check hotels. Fucking God help me be at a hotel or I'm fucked, 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 fucked. Fucked, 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 fucked. Fucked, fucked. Watching this, Dan going from hotel to hotel in the city, it's painful. It's like... Did you know some army ants are blind? They typically navigate by tracking pheromones. But sometimes, if enough ants lose the scent, they just start following the ant directly in front of them instead. This can form what's called a death spiral, which is literally a bunch of stupid blind ants marching in a circle until they all collapse from exhaustion and die. Now, imagine watching that. That's how I feel watching Dan right now. He's blind. I know I promised not to do spoilers, but Dan's car is not in Milwaukee. He's fucking up left and right, missing the obvious, not asking for help, walking too far away from the train station, and most crucially, he's neglecting to consider the elements. In the psychology literature, there's lots of theories about different flavors of dehumanization. And one flavor is the animal dehumanization when you liken the human to an animal. So for instance, considering people of African descent as apes. It's starting to get really cold. I checked about 15 hotels. I didn't find the car. There's benches at the train station. I think I'm just going to head back there. I'm sure there's something really obvious that I'm missing, but... I really know why the fuck I'm recording right now. This is embarrassing, but I got lost. I'm just 
fucking up left and right. I thought I was walking the right way back to the train station, but I wasn't. It's just too cold to stay outside. I didn't want to get a cab. I didn't want to spend any more money. Long story short, the reason I'm whispering is because I'm in a stairwell in a uh, hotel. Should have seen the look that guy just gave me. He looked at me like I was a used condom on the sidewalk. Such disgust. This is not the proudest moment of my adventure. Can barely keep my eyes open. Where the fuck is my car? Dan. Dan. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Wait, really? Yeah, really. Who the hell are you? Dan? Hello? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Who the hell are you? No time for that. What do you mean no time for that? Who the hell are you? No time for that. Think. Where did you buy the bottle of water? Where did I buy the what? The bottle of water. Think. Where did you buy it? The one I had when I woke up. I, I can't remember where I bought it. If I could remember, there wouldn't be a problem. You don't need to remember. I don't need to remember. Oh. Right. Bank transactions. Status update, bitches. I slept in a stairwell. Pretty sure I'm sick. But an idea came to me in my sleep, in my slumber. It was delivered to me by a pretty lady with an accent, which is to check bank transactions. Because the last place I used my debit card is probably where my car is. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Dan. You should have thought of that yesterday. How did you ever survive in business being so stupid? And you know what? You're right to think that. That is absolutely fair. I mean, I feel like you're being kind of mean to a guy who's clearly under a lot of pressure, but you are right in assuming that. So I'm going to go into this library, use one of their computers, check my bank transactions, and see what the fuck is up. Okay. Hopefully none of you are somehow able to figure out my password by listening to my keystrokes. Alright. The most recent transaction I withdrew 
$300 from an ATM. 300 not 200 that's interesting, but it doesn't give me the address of the ATM. Before that, there was a charge for $1.33. I'm going to guess that's the bottle of water, but again, no address, but the charge before that is $70 paid to an American hotel in Delafield, Wisconsin. Hotel in Delafield. Beautiful. Okay. I need to... I need to borrow someone's phone. Librarians are nice, right? A librarian would let me borrow their phone. Are librarians nice? I guess we're about to find out. Let's find out if librarians are nice. Turns out librarians are nice. Hi, um, I, I have kind of a strange question for you. That's fine, sir. What do you got? Okay, um, I checked out of your hotel uh, a couple days ago, but I had, I had an emergency when I left, and I had to leave my car in your parking lot, so I was just calling to, to check if the car was towed or if the car's still in your lot. It's a, it's a white 2002 Subaru Forester. It has Connecticut plates, and I, I believe I parked right out front because I have a ton of, like, expensive musical equipment in the car, so... Okay, I'll, I'll just take a look, look for you then. That'd be great, if, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, sure, just give me a moment. Thank you. Yeah, it's out front. It's right out front. Uh-huh. Okay, thank you. That, that's, that's really awesome. Um... So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take a cab. I'm in Milwaukee now, and I should have the car out of your lot within just a couple hours at the latest. Okay, well we'll see you then, sir. All right, I appreciate that. Thank you so much, miss. Yes. Cars in Delafield. Just one little quick, fast one. What would be your, your hope? What do you hope to kind of accomplish with this, this research? I hope to make people aware of the sort of widespread nature of it so that you can take it into account when you're doing different things. So if you're a policymaker, like, you have to take this into account because that's the nature of the phenomena, right? Dehumanization is essentially ignoring somebody's mind. And I want you to consider the possibility if you're making policy that you're ignoring some people's minds with this policy, right? So regardless of your position, regardless of what it is that you do, I think if people were more aware that this is something that happens, then you would might just be more considerate, right? If you're a parent and you're constantly ignoring your kids' minds because you're only focused on what's convenient for you, if you're aware of that, maybe you'll make slightly different decisions. So I don't have a specific goal. I just think it's something people need to be aware of, um, to be quite honest. I love it. Thank you so much for your time, my friend. Sorry I snuck a question out of you, but... That's okay. <laughs> that's what I do. Thank you so much for talking. Thank you. You have a good one, my friend. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. I like Dr. Lazana Harris. I'm a fan. I like this style. I like that he didn't have huge ambitions of changing the entire species. He just wanted people to be more aware of dehumanization. I appreciate that. So I ordered my cab. I'm waiting on it. And um, I thought it might be wise to kind of take inventory of what I know and what I don't know because, quite frankly, I'm kind of frightened that I'm going to lose time again. 
So it might be smart to start recording things. Because apparently when I bail on my car, I'll still bring my digital recorder, so... I know I had an interview of some kind that distressed me a lot. I drove away from that interview, landed in Delafield, checked into a hotel. In the hotel, I had a nightmare about a house in Greenwich. For some reason, decided that I had to return to Greenwich to find this house. Bought a train ticket. And then I think I took a cab to Milwaukee, um, which would explain why I had $200 on the train instead of $300 that I took out. Cab cost around 100 bucks. So that's what I know. I feel weirdly positive. Or not. No, I feel positive somehow. I don't know how, given my circumstances. I mean, Trump is president. That was a hard beat. I really didn't see that coming. I don't know what that says about people. Maybe it says nothing. Maybe it just says that they were desperate. I don't know. But all of a sudden, this country feels really stressful. And that's probably not good for anxiety. As far as anxiety goes, I mean, I, I, this can't possibly be generalized anxiety or obsessive compulsive disorder. There's something else wrong with me. And I need to find out what that is. When I get back to my car, I need to figure out what this interview was. I need to figure out why it distressed me so much. I need to figure out why I was interviewing a, an expert on dehumanization. I need to figure out what this house is in Greenwich and... I need to know why I keep losing time. I need to know what the fuck is wrong with me. Because I don't want to do this again. I don't want to wake up on a train with no idea how the fuck I got there ever again. But I do feel weirdly positive. I don't know how that's fucking possible. I don't know how I could possibly feel positive. I'm clearly getting worse. And Amanda's gone. But... For the first time in my life, I feel like the fates are on my side. I can't explain it. It's a new sensation. I just feel like there's something watching out for me. I've never felt like that before. I don't know. I'm just... I'm just less afraid. So I feel positive. And I will be reunited with my beautiful Subaru... imminently. Alright, I'm gonna wait for my cab. He feels as though he has a soldier fighting on his behalf. Lovely. Good job, Gabriella. I still want you to stop listening to this podcast because Dan's a fucking car wreck. But I can't deny this feels pretty satisfying. Anyway, um, obviously this whole thing isn't quite resolved yet. So, to be continued... Yeah. Yeah, to be continued. The episode that follows this one in the podcast Meander Feed is only 5% fictional. Dan explains a lot. He untangles some things about himself, explains why his memory keeps shorting out, why he's blacking out. 
and you worry about him, or at least I did. I, I do. He's working on himself the way we're all working on ourselves, and figuring yourself out is an ugly, messed-up process in the best of times. I think what Dan's doing is strange and brave and vainglorious, and I'm excited to see him work through this. Dan, if you're listening, good luck to you. Via email, Dan writes that he's doing much better these days, and we can expect to hear Dan slash the fictional character of Dan work on comprehending the trauma that has dislodged him from reality. I'm not sure I've ever heard character internality portrayed so successfully in audio fiction. I think what hit me so profoundly about this podcast is the way that it not only gets at Dan's subjectivity as a character, but portrays that subjectivity through a filter of mental illness. I find that both fascinating and important. Dan, thank you for letting us in. I hope you're doing well. You can subscribe to Podcast Meander by searching it up on your favorite podcatcher. You can follow the podcast on Twitter by going to at Podcast Meander. And you can rate and review both of our programs in Apple Podcasts. Pretty please. This podcast came in through our submissions box. If you'd like a shot at getting your work played on the show, check out our submissions form at radiodramarevival.com. Thank you for listening to Radio Drama Revival. Our theme music is Danger Digidoo by DJ Stranger Danger. Our line producer is Matt Boudreau, who did an incredible job in the hosting chair while I was in France. Oh, yeah, I was in France. It was dope. And thank you to Felix and Charlene for being such incredible hosts for me and Jillian. Thank you to Wondery and Hernan for sending me there in the first place. Our interviews producer is Eli McElveen, who is just a really good dude. I'm getting all sappy now in the place where I usually tell lies about the podcast staff. But yeah, Eli, you are a good person, and I'm glad to know you. Heather Cohen and Monique Boudreau are our researchers, and y'all, I could not do this show without them. They are like truth-seeking missiles. They are tireless investigative reporters, and if we weren't doing a podcast, I guarantee you we would be a hell of a private detective agency. Fred Greenhalge is our executive producer. Fred, thank you for trusting me with your baby. I promise I'm taking good care of it. I'm your host, David Reinstrom, and this has been Radio Drama Revival. All storytellers welcome 